Good morning. Our service of morning prayer begins on page three. I was glad when they said unto me, we will go unto the house of the Lord. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Continuing on on page seven. O Lord, open thou our lips. I shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm, in lieu of the Venite, we will do Psalm 95. On page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will forgive us, boys, harden not your hearts, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our psalms this morning are Psalm 143 and 149. Psalm 143 begins on page 518. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and consider my desire. Hearken unto me for thy truth and righteousness' sake. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath laid me in the darkness as the men that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit vexed within me, and my heart within me is desolate. Yet do I remember the time past. I muse upon all thy works. Yea, I exercise myself in the works of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul gaspeth unto thee as a thirsty land. Hear me, O Lord, and that soon, for my spirit waxeth faint. Hide not thy face from me lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. O oh, let me hear thy loving kindness, betimes in the morning, for in thee is my trust. Show thou me the way that I should walk in, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies, for I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do the thing that pleaseth thee, for thou art my God. Let thy loving spirit lead me forth into the land of righteousness. 
Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, and for thy righteousness' sake bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy goodness slay mine enemies, and destroy all them that vex my soul, for I am thy servant. Psalm 149 on page 525. O sing unto the Lord a new song. Let the congregation of saints praise him. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. And let the children of Sion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with tabret and harp. For the Lord hath pleasure in his people, and helpeth the meek-hearted. Let the saints be joyful with glory, and let them rejoice in their beds. Let the praises of God be in their mouth, and a two-edged sword in their hands. Be avenged of the nations, and rebuke the peoples. To bind their kings in chains, and their nobles with links of iron. To execute judgment upon them, as it is written, Such honor have all his saints. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the ninth chapter of the first book of Kings. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire, which he wanted to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house, which you have put, built to put my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Now, if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and uprightness, and in uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever, as I promised David your father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. But if you or your sons <clears throat> at all turn from following me, and do not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them, and this house which I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight. Israel will be a proverb and a byword among all, uh, among all peoples. And as for this house which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and will hiss and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Then they will answer, Because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have embraced other gods, and worshipped them and served them. Therefore the Lord has brought all this calamity on them. Now it happened at the end of twenty years, when Solomon had built the two houses, the house of the Lord and the king's house, Hiram the king of Tyre, and had supplied Solomon with cedar and cypress and gold, as much as he desired, that King Solomon then gave Hiram twenty cities in the land of Galilee. Then Hiram went from Tyre to see the cities which Solomon had given him, but they did not please him. So he said, What kind of cities are these which you have given me, my brother? And he called them the land of Kabul, as they are to this day. Then Hiram sent the king one hundred and twenty talents of gold. And this is the reason for the labor force which King Solomon raised to build the house of the Lord, his own house, the Millo, the wall of Jerusalem, Hazer, Megiddo, and Gezer. Pharaoh king of Egypt had gone up and taken Gezer and burned it with fire, had killed the Canaanites who dwelt in the city and had given it as a dowry to his daughter, Solomon's wife. And Solomon built Gezer, lower Beth Horon, 
Baalath, and Tadmor in the wilderness, in the land of Judah, all the storage cities that Solomon had, cities for his chariots and cities for his cavalry, cavalry, and whatever Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and in all the land of his dominion. All the people who were left of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites were not of the children of Israel. That is, their descendants who were left in the land after them, whom the children of Israel had not been able to destroy completely. From these Solomon raised forced labor, as it is to this day. But of the children of Israel Solomon made no forced laborers, because they were men of war and his servants, his officers, his captains, commanders of his chariots and his cavalry. Others were chief others were chiefs to the officials who were over Solomon's work, five hundred and fifty, who ruled over the people who did the work. But Pharaoh's daughter came up from the city of David to her house which Solomon had built for her, then he built the millow. Now three times a year Solomon offered burnt offerings and peace offerings on the altar which he had built for the Lord. And he burned incense with them on the altar and was before the Lord. So he finished the temple. King Solomon also built a fleet of ships at Ezion-Geber, which is near Elath, on the shore of the Red Sea in the land of Edom. And then Hiram sent his servants with the fleet, seamen who knew the sea, to work with the servants of Solomon. And they went to Ophir and acquired 420 talents of gold from there and brought it to King Solomon. Here ends the first lesson. Together the Benedict who says on page 11, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth chapter of the first epistle to the Thessalonians. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should not should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. <clears throat> For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we t wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Here ends the second lesson. Together, the Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us, in the house of his servant David. 
as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and remember his holy covenant. Perform the oath which he swore to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, we beseech thee, let thy continual pity cleanse and defend thy church. And because it cannot continue in safety without thy succor, preserve it evermore by thy help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning. This morning I'd like to, to focus on what our readings 
that we have today and this week are saying about the church. And first, I want to start with a colic we've been using this week. O Lord, we beseech thee, let thy continual pity cleanse and defend thy church, because it cannot continue in safety without thy succor. Preserve it evermore by thy help and goodness through Jesus Christ our Lord. By my count, it's one of at least ten colleagues where we ask God to direct, strengthen, or listen to his church. Some ask God to keep our church faithful to his word. For example, on the fifth Sunday of Epiphany, we beseech thee to keep thy church and household continually in thy true religion. And less than six weeks from now, on the 22nd Sunday after Trinity, we again beseech God to do the same thing. Many of these petitions for the church are made on saints' days. On the feast day for St. Matthias, arguably the first apostle caused, called by the church itself, we ask God to grant thy church that thy church, being always preserved from false apostles, may be ordered and guided by faithful and true pastors. Of course, it's no coincidence that Anglicans, and more broadly the undivided Western Church going back more than a thousand years, have been continually praying to God for the health and effectiveness of the Church. After all, it's God's Church. When God saved the Israelites from their Egyptian captivity, he didn't ask Moses to pass out little tablets to the thousands of his followers in the desert. Instead, he gave Moses the law, continually directed Moses on how to instruct his people, and provided clear commands on how the representatives of the Israelites were to meet and worship God in the tabernacle. The Psalms that we use every day are a compilation from nearly 3,000 years ago of how David and others found that we should structure our worship to God. This morning in Psalm 143, David is expressing his trust in God, while Psalm 149 is calling on God's people to sing their praises to God. And our second Psalm is clearly about the people of God worshiping worshiping him together in a corporate fashion. Moving on to the Old Testament, in our Old Testament readings earlier this month, we heard David, God's most loyal sovereign, say how he wanted to replace the temporary movable tabernacle with a permanent temple where his people could worship God and the Most Holy could be in the presence of God. Thursday's Old Testament, we heard how David's son Solomon built that temple and how it both captured the theology of everything the Israelites knew about their God and also reflected the wealth of Israel's most powerful king ever. Yesterday, if not for our feast day, we would have heard how the Ark of the Covenant was finally installed in the temple and Solomon's speech dedicating the temple. This morning, after completing the temple, Solomon meets with God for a second time. God himself says he has consecrated this temple and he will hear the prayers of his people. He also lays out the conditions under which Solomon's descendants will continue to reign over Israel, conditions that, alas, we know will be broken less than 30 years later. Finally, we come to our New Testament reading. But first, I want to talk about the, uh, more generally about how the church is discussed throughout the New Testament. The New Testament, of course, is where we learn how the tabernacle, temple, and synagogues of the Israelites would be replaced by what in English we call the church. And indeed, the Greek word for church, ecclesia, appears 114 times in the New Testament. The word is found three times in the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of St. Matthew, in which Jesus introduces the term to his followers. This includes the passage where Jesus promises to Peter, I also say to you that you are Peter, 
And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The most frequent use of the word is 23 times it is found in Acts. In the Acts of the Apostles, St. Luke recalls the earliest decades of how the Apostles, following the commands of our Lord and working through the Holy Spirit, create and grow the one true church, capital C, that Christ commanded them to build. It also occurs 20 times in Revelation, as St. John recounts the role that the different local churches, small c, will contribute at the final judgment. If you do the math, as I like to do, that leaves 68 other references to Ecclesia and the Epistles. This is not surprising since St. Paul and the other Apostles are writing to address the very real concerns, both theological and pastoral, that the scattered churches of the Western Mediterranean are facing in the first century AD. Today, our New Testament is from the first of two letters that St. Paul wrote to the faithful Christians in Thessalonica. We began 1 Thessalonians on Tuesday and will continue on to finish 2 Thessalonians next Friday. Today, St. Paul is beginning to wrap up his guidance in this first letter to the Thessalonians. Depending on who you ask, this letter is either the first letter that Paul wrote or the second after the letter to Galatia. Either way, it was written about 50 AD, less than 20 years after the church was started. First, when Christ gives the great commissions to his apostles, and then a few weeks later sends the Holy Spirit to them on the initial day of Pentecost. As with all three of these early letters, Paul begins by greeting and exhorting the church, small c. Let me remind you with the first seven verses of the epistle that we heard earlier this week. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit and much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. From this discussion, I want to leave you with two closing thoughts. First, no matter how majestic and amazing all that we know about God and his people, Scripture and the Christian faith were given for the benefit of ordinary human beings, like the church in Thessalonica that Paul is writing to us do, and like us today. Second, while personal prayer is an essential part of being a Christian, we are not called to huddle up with our Bible on our nightstands and figure out God's word and plan for us on our own. Instead, we are called to be members of the church for mutual support, direction, and to hear and live out the word of God. We now return to page 18 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, 
that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. Then it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Lord, we beseech thee to keep thy household, the church, in continual godliness, that through thy protection it may be free from all adversities, and devoutly given to serve thee in good works, to the glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Good morning. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you to Britt and Carl for making this morning's worship possible. Hope you have a great weekend. See you this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Have a good day.